the hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan Subscribe and Drive. No deposit, no compromise, no fuss. Find out more at Nissan.ie. Well, it's a great pleasure to welcome back Stephanie Regan, our clinical psychotherapist, in our series of The Changing Face of Irish Families. We've discussed fatherhood, motherhood, blended families, and today we're going to discuss what may be a niche area, but I think from a social care point of view is absolutely important, and that is foster parenting. Welcome, Stephanie. Hi, Ivan. How extensive is this in Ireland? Well, there are um, maybe more extensive than people might think. There are uh, usually uh, the figure hovers around the 6,000 mark for children in foster care. And that's quite large when you consider those in terms of families. And um, there's a great, uh, how would I say, it's we all know it's an enormous kind of service to the state and it's a service to children and all of that. But there's a big machine around fostering. You know, there's a lot of, you know, the agency, Tusla, of course, are the overriding kind of agency who help people, but they recruit, they also, but they select and assess and support the whole fostering process. Is this a a statutory legal process? In other words, that back in the day, in in my time in the Dáil, I was was health spokesman and we'd spent hours uh, in the late 80s dealing with the childcare bill, which dealt with care orders and emergency care orders and the whole powers that Tusla, it was originally the HSE, now have. Uh, Insofar as for a child to be put into foster care, are they essentially already involved in a court process whereby they've been taken from their biological family? I think that is one of the situations, but I don't think it's the only situation. It could be a death. It could be where a child is left alone without relatives. It could be many other less grievous situations. But absolutely, it is an arm of the... You know, it is within the, the arm of the state. Even, yes. yes, absolutely. Because I used to work as a social worker myself in, at a certain point for about three years. And I got that exposure to taking children into care and how you interface with the, with the guards and need the legalities. It can be and all very that difficult. Hugely difficult, complex situation. Okay. But the key thing is nobody wants to ever take a child from a parent unless it's an absolute and complete necessity. Let's talk about the different types of fostering. Long term, short term. Explain it to me. uh, What are the options? Yes, indeed. Well, I suppose there there are a few, you know, types. There's the emergency one where, you know, these things come up at very short notice when a child needs somewhere to stay immediately. Um, because perhaps they're in an unsafe situation and they need to be taken out of that. That's the kind of thing that happens in the middle of the night. And, and how long would that last for? Well, it might be, it might just initially be days or a week. And, but these things can extend. That's the thing about fostering. It's very flexible. And that's why people, I think, are vetted also so completely because, um, A, you're giving them a, a child, but, but secondly, they have to be flexible in their love and their giving. And so it's, it's, it's a very unique. Okay. So thing. emergency circumstances. So emergency the first. is one. Short term fostering then, which would be, you know, it's a kind of an interim measure, but it would be more, less just days and a, a weekend and more kind of a, a few weeks. So it could last for six months. Yes, things, yes, exactly. And sometimes what was short term ends up being long term. Okay. And, and then long term is where, where it could last for years. Yes, it can last for years and it may last right up until they're 18 and adults. And I've seen many situations like that. And so can it's it not extend beyond 18? Yes. Because, you know, yes, as I you mean, know, where the it, child never goes back. You know, for various reasons where the child never goes back and the fostering is long term. It almost becomes a semi-adoption yes, situation. Yes, except right. that, they, you, you know, you can't adopt a child when the parent 
All right. is there or when, when the, the circumstances aren't legally correct okay. for it. Okay, and, and, and uh, then there's supported lodgings. What's yes, that? Yes, this is where carers offer young people aged 16 and over the opportunity to live independently but having some practical and emotional support in another environment, you know, in a, in a, in a family environment. So it's not a hostel. Well, they're not babies, you yeah. know what I mean? And they're yeah. not ch- children in that sense. They'll be going to school, they might be, you know, working, but they're still giving them that support and there's quite a bit of that goes on and it's very it's very good very good for them because you're giving them a, a you know it can work for both if you like they're getting um, the love of a, 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 a how would I say consistent adult who is there for them and there's a lot of reciprocal kind of joy around that okay. see a lot of a lot of um, stories in the media about that and how well how well it works out okay yeah. um, and respite well, respite is where you're giving, you know, where, where foster families... Just for holidays, is it? Yeah, giving them a holiday, a break, a weekend. I know some families who would have done that, you know, maybe with one child every sort of month right throughout the year. So they become a real friend of that family, you know, but they're not able maybe to do short term. They're not able to do long term, but they love to give a little bit. And so they just do the respite. OK. So it's what fits you, isn't it? That OK. Say someone is listening to this and they're, they're a family, their parents themselves, or they would like to become foster parents. What is the process by which one is vetted? Now, this is now before the training or whatever. Correct. Just to see if you're suitable. What, yes. what, what are the issues? Well, the, first of all, the process is definitely lengthy, just like for adoption, almost identical to adoption, except that you're looking for slightly different features um, uh, and characteristics. But it is a it is a process that goes on. You can expect, I think, at least six months to a year. Don't expect it to be less. There's a number of, you know, you make your, you make your application. You, um, then there, there are a number of home visits there where the social worker will come and interview the family, interview, uh, people individually and together. Remember, they're trying to get a really good read of this family to see that they are suitable for children to come into their care. You cannot be, how would I say, too careful, you know, from a Tusla point of view or any, Child and Family Agency. And there are other independent agencies who do this as well. And they are accepted within, you know, so they're, they're, Tusla would accept them as being accredited to do this work, to assess and to accept people for fostering. Okay. Um, are there any disqualifying conditions uh, in terms of do the guardie vet, uh, you know, would your employer reference, like, like uh, are there things... And, and a basic thing, if you say you don't have any kids at all, would that be a disqualifying condition? No, I don't. No, no, no. Single parent. There's a single. Um, no, no but childless sing, couples will ch- say. Childless couples, absolutely. Childless couples. Um, they would be a eligible. Single, totally eligible. Yes. Yeah. They, so it's not about that. It's about the parenting. Like just say someone wanted to adopt. Yeah. And you know, adoption is very difficult now. It's for That's an right. adoptor. There are no babies being put up for adoption yes. in this day and age. So age. fostering is is a real option. And in fact, I I know um, a, a couple myself who have done that, and they they didn't succeed with adoption, and they due to age or various factors like that, and they fostered, and they now have children who will be with them long term, and and they're just the most amazing foster parents. 
It's fantastic. It's fantastic because I, I would have thought, yeah. like, you know, I, and I don't, know, actually I, I don't know what age, yes. you know, children are put in, and that is a valid question, yeah. at what age typically are children placed in foster care? But I could imagine if you had an infant, for example, say mm. the, the parents were killed in an accident or some horrendous yeah. circumstance and you had an infant baby and someone had never changed a nappy in their life or bottle fed a baby, well, who are you to go being a foster parent? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, but you're saying actually oh, no, people without children absolutely. will give the most love, the most attention. Well, think of it. I mean, you didn't it go on a training sense. course before you started changing your own child's nappy. That's you right. know, like it's love, really, and the desire, and and the wanting to, and being in the right place, inter- psychologically and emotionally. That's what's important. But, but and are there any risks in terms of guard vetting? Like you don't well, like there have been a scandal. We, yeah, tell me about that. Well, I mean, guard vetting is part of the process, of course, of um, you know, of the assessment that would all be done. For sure. Okay. Yeah, definitely. There was a desperate case with the Southeastern Health Board that you're aware of, you know what I mean? Really incredible case. But mm. anyway, uh, uh, that persisted for years. Yeah. So well, all those you, you say it could take up to, yes. to six months a year. All of uh, those. And what are they looking at? The social worker comes and visits you. Well, are, they're looking for stability. They're looking. Do you have you to know, be well off? They're look, no, you don't have to be well off. And lots and lots of foster families are in very, very much in the middle range, you know, or in lower middle range. And But they're not looking. What you, you have to have. You obviously have to have a spare bedroom. Right. You have to be. Oh, the conditions of your home would be right. Yeah. You have to have, you know, you have to have a home that can contend with it. So you have to have a spare bedroom. You have to be able to, to provide the child with what is required. Um, obviously that's slightly different with a baby, you know, with an infant baby. A lot of kids do come as infant babies, you know, into fostering. Um, so you have to have that. You have to have, what, what are they really looking for? They're looking for emotional stability. They're looking for a couple who are happy together and who, look like they don't have marriage issues or mm. don't have couple issues. Obviously, Quite difficult for a caseworker, yes. social worker to uh, yeah, do Hercule Poirot and all that. Because, yeah. you, you know, for interview, you can put on a great show. No, that's right. But nevertheless, you know, when you're clinical, you're inclined to be able to pick it up because you're, you're talking to people in that frame all the time. So, so you're, you're kind of, they're, they're used to, like social workers are very used to people putting on the good show. And, and the thing is, sincerity shows. Even in the clinical room, it shows. All so right. I wouldn't be worried about that. I think they... They come back a number of times. Remember, they'll have that free-flowing conversation. Then they'll go, go away themselves and they may still have a number of other questions and they'll come back in. Go. I'm speaking to Stephanie Regan, our clinical uh, psychotherapist, in relation to the issue of fostering as part of our Changing Irish Families series. Now, you've been approved. Uh, what's the training? Well, they, they, they sim- I suppose there's two things about the training. The, uh, the, the training will be comprehensive in dealing with discipline, dealing with, you know, minding, the, the changing relationship, the, the managing the social work, because they will have a social work, a link liaison person. And remember, what's really quite, they have to get them ready for all these possible endings and beginnings and the fact that the child may leave and this may be short term even though they might have thought it was going to be longer term so there's a lot of situations that need to be talked right through so that that foster parent is ready for all eventualities and also the the other kids you know will they resent if there's another child in the house how to manage the siblings how to manage other other children how to manage discipline within this context remember if those children are let's say nine or ten coming into 
the foster home, they will already have maybe fairly challenging behaviours. And that does happen. And the foster parent will need not only an initial bit of exposure and an ex, you know be, be ready and expect the, the kind of various behaviours, but they will over time always have somebody there, a 24-hour call line, that they can call mm. somebody and get that support and get a little bit of a steer on how you might like to handle this. Okay, I'm a big fan of fostering because, you know, mm. I, I, putting people in institutions is, 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 you know, a family environment is so much better for the kids, I would have thought. What are the biggest challenges? Okay, can I, can I just come back to the thing you said just before we go on to the challenges? It's just that thing that, I mean, it is not only just cost efficient, of course, it is hugely cost efficient, but you are... We all know the impact on children of what's happening to them in these early years. So, you know, you're not, you're not, you're changing, it's like changing a generation really, isn't it? Because you are, you're taking every child that could go on a, a much more difficult road and you're giving them love and attention when they need it. So it's what a huge service. Well, what can go wrong? I suppose, what, what are the risks and fears? Is that what you're saying? And challenges yeah, for the parents? Yeah. Well, there can be problems. First of all, there can be problems with other siblings. There can be problems with the challenging behaviour. But as I say, they get a lot of support with that. What parents wonder, what parents fear a lot, in those who are thinking of going into fostering, they're always afraid, how will I manage this? How, what if the child is taken back? What if? They're the things that stop people fostering, and that's quite well shown, more than anything, that they're afraid they won't be able to manage the disappointment of letting the child go, you know, and that it, if, it, if the child is taken back and the parent becomes able to mind them, for example. But the reality is, everything that you do for a child it's almost like it's saved up, you know, it's there for them. So good experiences are never lost on a child. And that is really the underpinning thinking here, if you like, with fostering. Of course, it's better if they're in with their mom and dad and they're in a, in a, in a solid, you know, stable, so safe environment. So what you're saying, the temporary status of it is the biggest problem? It's the biggest fear for people. They're afraid of it. They, they, they feel they won't be able to let the child go. They won't get over it. Well, you see, but if it's not working out, it's it. an escape valve. I mean, like, just yes. say, you know, this child is particularly difficult. It's not mixing in. At least, you know, you can hand them back. Yes, and I've no I doubt... I regard that as a positive, <laughs> for God's sake. Well, that's why you're not a foster parent, Ivan. <laughs> but I know what you mean. But the reality is, like, the, some children may go back, and they have to be ready for that. But... Another child will be received. That's that's the other point. And uh, and you have to keep an eye on what you're doing and what you're why you're doing what you're doing. And that's what all the training does. It tries to help them to situate why what they're offering to this child. And I suppose what I'm saying there is what they offer is you know it's invaluable because it is stored up in them. You know, good experiences okay. are stored up. Uh, you know me. I, yes. I have to go to all the thorny, difficult okay. bits. Okay. So. I'm, I'm, I'm visualizing a particular set of circumstances where a child has been taken out of their biological family for their safety. Now, this is a grim situation yeah. and it's been put into foster care. They, you know, there, there could be all sorts of difficulties going on. The poor child uh, has received bad parenting, atrocious parenting, potentially. Difficult. Okay. Mm. The relationship between the foster parents who are goody-goody, you know, kind of well. state-of-the-art, yeah. and these bad parents. If I had my children taken away, would I be very resentful of the foster parents? Mm. The question is, how do the foster parents develop a relationship or not or what mm. with the biological parents? Yeah, Sometimes that's appropriate and sometimes it isn't. And usually, usually it is the social worker who mediates that completely. And um, over time, it may become possible to establish that relationship. But sometimes it's not possible because 
because maybe the mother or the dad or whatever, but would it be don't common accept would they, it. Would they go back, say, for a weekend or go back at all? To sometimes the- and sometimes not at all. I mean, depending on the courts and the situations and whether it's drug addiction or it's criminality or whatever, the child may not go back for a long time. There will be visiting. They will be taken by the social worker and brought to visits with so, the so, birth parent. Let's, let's go down this scenario then. Just say the biological parents who are, who are jealous and badly motivated and say, no, uh, the kid has complained that the foster parent mm. is not treating them well, blah, blah, blah. Mm. What do you do then? Well, this is where you, you're, you know, you've, this social worker has eyes and ears on all of it, you know, on both sides. So she will know the motivations of, and I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't use the bad parent word, but the, um, because parents are broken when their kids are taken from them, you yep. know, and very often what they and need the bar is, is quite high. care. They need care. They need maybe rehabilitation or something. But I believe in the power of people changing. And those parents also sometimes can change. Can't always but there are t- people can change okay. with the right help. I now, know you say I'm a goody-goody, but that's no, no, my no, nature. No, 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 it goes without saying you're a social worker and all that <laughs> kind of thing. But like, the, point, the point is this, that let's pick another scenario. Yeah. I've fostered John and I've fallen in love with him. I treated him as if it was one of my own kids. The five years is up and he has mm-hmm. to go and, and so on. Uh, what if you get too attached to them? Yeah, and of course you get attached, you're going to love them. And, but it's not uncommon in those situations for the relationship to continue with the birth parents afterwards and for, and with the child and for that child to continue to and visit. With the foster parents. So, with, so you might become more like the anti-uncle kind of relationship then. You know, you are this benign, benevolent, um, parental-like figure, but who is, who is now over there rather than in their home and they still come and visit you. That isn't uncommon at all. So you don't have to fear it. And the other point, I suppose, which we haven't touched on is people are supported in, um, you know, in a payment way. Oh, sorry. Was, sorry that I'm was very surprised the it elephant. took you so no, 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 long. No, no, no. Well, I was holding back from the point of view <laughs> that, to be quite honest with you, I don't think any amount of money would pay you for the grief that you're going to potentially mm-hmm. get Leaving aside the upside of all you said, the, the loving relationship and the permanent relationship and the ful- fulfillment and so on, how much moolah do you get? Well, uh, the, it's it's considered less a payment than a stipend, uh, you know, which I'm, that's, they, they seem to make that a very clear. And I think it's because it, it's only when the child is there, you know, it's kind of an on-off it's not a payment that comes every week regardless. It's only when the child is with you, as I understand it. Right. Well, but when it's the in child the region, is with you, what do you get? It's in the region of about 350 a week. Right. So it's not nothing. And, um, you know, it's to cover it all costs. No. Right. No, it's not. It's Three, not. 350 a week. So it's about 17,000 a year per child. And would it be common that you'd have child. more than one? Yes, it is common. To have more than one. You might have, you might have a sister and a brother. You might have, yeah. You might right. have family members. You could have, people can have four or five, See, six See, the, the, pro- the problem with this is that I, I know one, one, one guy and, and I work with him and he is a foster parent mm. and he's, he's, he's kind of really good at this and yeah. he's professional and they have a number of them. But I see the way they go on holidays to their um, mobile home, you mm-hmm. know, in the summer and this kind of thing. And the amount, like it's completely as if, you know, it's their own child. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So so I'm I'm ticking all the boxes, positive, positive. Would three fifty a week really pay you for getting up in the middle of the night when they're not well, for bringing them on holiday, mm. all the little treats well, and extras of ice creams no, no. and everything? And adoring yeah, like and I'd be, If I was doing it, I'd be sending an invoice to Tulsa, <laughs> Tulsa for my overtime and for everything. Like three fifty yo-yos wouldn't be. It's not. It's not a lot. I agree, and that's. I mean, I think it's important to say nothing. Nothing can really pay for all of that. But you know, when you look at the kind of the kind of costs that there are for say. For 
for children being in a situation where they might be, you know, um, in any other kind of institution, if you like, because yeah. they would be held. You know, the figures would be enormous. They'd well, be, uh, four, they'd times be, four anyway. Times four, times five. And it's not just that. It's all the good that is being done in the fostering environment. And the other thing is what the parent themselves get out of it. I mean, the, the foster parent themselves, there's a lot of opportunities for... Um, I know a number of people who are single themselves and who foster a child. It may be a, a child who went well, can into single the, people do it? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Single How would people... How you manage that and hold down a job? Well, because maybe you can. And, and once it works for the child, and once that is... It's not like all children are at home all day... Oh, if they're the 15 or 16, they could maybe. Be, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They yeah. could be going okay. to school, etc. And I know a number of people who are All single right. who do it. And they are people as well who don't have children. So they get that joy, if you like, and no, they get I that know, opportunity it is to love. actually a noble thing to do. Oh, it's I think super. It is. Say someone's listening to this and say, I, I might give that a go. I'd like to hear more about it. Mm-hmm. How, who do you get in touch with? Tusla. You go, I mean, Tusla is the main agency and you can apply directly. It's all, and then there are a number of private agencies that you can see online. It's Fostering First and a number of others like that. But I would say you just go on to particularly the Tusla site because that's really telling you the, the whole gamut of restrictions, if you like. And they're not as restrictive as you think. I mean, like you say, they're single. You're surprised. Yeah. I, I actually and know I, loads I, I of people also, And also it. empty nesters, people who've reared kids and so on, maybe more mature in life, they might be ideally suited they, to do yes. it for six years or whatever. I think Absolutely. you do need energy and uh, you will need energy. Well, They're young children. Yeah. Right, well, everything <laughs> rules me out. All right, well, I, I hope you found that instructive. I think it's a great scheme and it deserves all the support it can get. And my thanks, as always, to Stephanie Regan. We'll be continuing next week when we'll be talking about lone parents and the particular aspect of the changing family there but that's our lot uh, for today's hard shoulder my thanks to the production team off the ball is up next take care good luck to ireland in the match tonight enjoy your evening talk to you tomorrow thanks for listening